So, Brain Dump is back, and we finally have the Ask Me Anything episode. I finally got around to uh, sort of compiling the questions and recording it. Big thank you to Steve, sort of acting as co-host this time. He's uh, read out all the questions for me to answer, and we pretty much did it all in one take. So, um, yeah, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And if uh, people all enjoyed it, then do let me know, and we could potentially do another one. Um, but, yeah, enjoy. Hello, and welcome. You're listening to Brain Dump. This is a podcast where we talk about life from the meaningful to the extreme. Maybe just start by saying what this episode is about and... Yeah, cool. So, way back in the beginning of uh, the conception of Brain Dump, one of my mates was like, you know what would be really cool is if you did a an AMA or ask me anything episode where people just sort of literally submit questions and ask you anything. And I was like, well, yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure what I actually have to say on these things. And um, then I was just like, yeah, why not? It might be fun. And so I started asking, getting people to submit questions and then people in dribbles came with questions and then eventually they started flying in. So then I was like, okay, I better do this episode before I get too many. And then, yeah. So, <clears throat> what I've got in front of me is a list of 24 questions, mm-hmm. all of which have come from your vast audience of listeners <laughs> out there on... Uh, Millions of them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's been no pre-selection. Uh, no, no. These these questions have come through, and they're literally the questions as given by mm. your listeners. Um, <clears throat> my role here as as guest interviewer, <laughs> as I understand it, is that you want each of these questions not only asked mm. fully mm. and completely, but that I need to make sure that you give a complete answer before we move on. Correct. Um, I'm going to ask these questions at a steady pace. Occasionally, I might speed you up yep. if, I, I, if I feel you're hesitating. Okay. Uh, or that you're deviating, we're going to we're going to stop you okay. and bring you back on the question as well. Um, and uh, I might change the order a little bit. Okay, um, great. You'll be pleased to know I've already randomised the order, <laughs> so you won't know which questions okay. coming next. Um, so we're going to start with a, an easy one, just to mm-hmm. lull you into a false sense of security. What gets you up in the morning, Connor? Other than my alarm, probably. Well, it depends. I think a lot of the time I'm like, oh, got to get to work kind of thing. But I think a lot of the time it's just like, see what today brings, see what happens, you know, go for it. And um, there's often something in the day that I'm looking forward to, so training and that. Um, but yeah, often it is just, it's another day and I'm see what life brings to me. So so uh, one of the listeners thinks that you you've been um, enjoying having a cold shower in the morning and it says what did you do why did you do 30 days of cold showers and what's the reasoning behind the whole process so i actually came across this sort of challenge on uh youtube someone on, on youtube i follow uh suggested do a 30 day sort of shower challenge uh and i set the sort of boundaries of i had to have at least one cold shower a day i wasn't allowed any hot showers uh, and if I had to have another shower that day, so like after training, I would it had to be cold, and I wouldn't be in the shower than any less than eight minutes. So those are the boundaries. Um, and at the time, I had my shoulder surgery, 
And so I kind of wanted a little project, little goal. And the guy on YouTube was doing it for sort of like a mental clarity reason. Uh, and I'd interviewed Ollie Cuey, who uh, had sort of studied under um, Wim Hof and sort of used the ice miles techniques. And so I thought I'd give it a go, see what happens. And um, yeah, profound. Like you, you sort of get over sort of the flinch, as it's often called, where there's that horrible like, oh, I'm going to have to do this, but I don't want to do it. And you kind of get used to that. And I think uh, by the end of the 30 days, I just throw yourself in the shower, like get it done. And you, that kind of resilience and tolerance builds up and you kind of get used to it. And now I kind of have cold showers whenever I want, like just, you know, willy nilly. And I've actually, actually really grown to like it. And if you're ever feeling negative, have a cold shower. Like I find that it's great for uh, countering okay. low mood. So two related questions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll see how they're related in a minute. I'll ask you the first one. Okay. Your favorite vegan meal? That's really hard. So I really enjoy mushrooms, but I love garlic mushrooms on av- avocado toast. That's great. But I think my go to is probably vegan fajitas with chickpeas and lots of like flavors and stuff. It's also quite easy and simple, lots of protein. Uh, yes, I really, really really enjoy that um but i you can also have like really good vegan pizzas and that sort of thing but I, i'd say pizzas are probably my favorite okay thoughts on pineapple on pizza uh so i haven't got any problems with it um i wouldn't probably choose it but then i think pizza's pizza whether it's got pineapple on it or not so yeah i, I like it i can i can deal with that I'm going to throw in another couple of related questions here just okay. to, while we're on the food theme. So death row meal, what, what would be your death row meal? What's your... Um, definitely wouldn't be vegan, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Christmas meal, like everything, stuffing, pigs in blankets, all the trimmings, like loads of gravy, roast potatoes coming out of your ears, and then pudding would definitely be like, I love pastries, but then I also love like apple crumbles. The crumbles are really good. So, so yeah, like maybe like cinnamon twists. Um, my girlfriend does incredible pecan cinnamon twists, which I'm literally to die for. So, probably those as well. Sounds great. Um, what's the biggest positive since leaving university, and the biggest negative? Uh, so I think for me, I'm really really dyslexic. So deadlines just the stress looming over me for months so i would i would start work really really early just because i had to chip away at it so not having that constant stress of deadlines like i clock out at five o'clock or whenever my shift ends and i know that that's it for the day and i can just do whatever i want that sense of compartmentalization is great um also not being poor all the time that's really helpful like actually having money coming in although bristol is very expensive and then the biggest negativity is is i'm sure everyone thinks this is time you know you you, you're trapped in a job so you the free time that you do have is is very limited and i'd like to train i like to try and keep podcast up social life relationship uh and you need some downtime as well so juggling all that i find really difficult sometimes um and i'm prone to burnout because i take on way too much and hence why you know the podcast has slowed i was doing like once a week at one point now it's more like twice a twice a month so yeah time is definitely the uh 
the biggest negative since leaving uni, I think. So a couple of training-related questions. One is for an average Joe, an average person out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's wanting to do some training, get motivated, eat healthily. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do they get motivated? How do they get into the zone? What do they do? Okay, so I think I always say this. The most important thing is persistence and consistency. So it really doesn't matter what training you're doing as long as you're doing something. And if you enjoy it, that's the most important thing. So whether that's like pole fitness or boxercise or weightlifting or running, do something you enjoy. You're not going to stick to anything that you don't like. Um, and the hardest part about training is turning up. If you, if you get yourself to that class or that, that, that gym session or whatever, then as long as you're doing that, then that's what matters. And I think too, too often we're like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, go next week or whatever. But I think it's so important just to get yourself out the door and get there. Once you're there, you tend to have, generally have a t- good time of it. Like, I think that's the most important. Having a support network is really important as well. So making your training, your social life combined, it's not for everyone, but it certainly helps you more accountable, knowing that your mates are going to be there. And so definitely that helps you get out the door. Uh, accountability is key. You've got to make yourself accountability. Um, I think self-discipline is self-love. So you need to like get that down. But don't be so hard on yourself. Forgive yourself. If you slip up, you know, it's okay you you know don't trap yourself in guilt otherwise you're never going to do it as for diet don't bring bad food into the house don't buy crap just you know eat you know if you're going to treat yourself treat yourself out because leave the home as a place of health and wellness where you know you can there's too many crap things out there educate yourself so i'm uh much more on the sort of side of uh, plant-based foods uh, I'm not completely vegan, but I'm about like 90% of the time. But uh, definitely, and I, I'm not a fan of labels as well. I think it's unhealthy to be like, I'm, I'm keto and stuff. Like, like it's a balance is key. So I think um, having perspective, not punishing yourself, but consistency and persistence are the most important aspect, I'd say. Okay, so um, that's good. Another um, diet um sorry another workout related question okay. uh, what's your weekly gym workout to keep fit for a, a, a demanding sport like brazilian jiu-jitsu um so i think the most important thing is actually making sure you get enough rest if you're not resting then you're you're not reaping the benefits of the gym session i'm really prone to burnout because i just want to squeeze it all in um i've you know been overtraining a lot in the past right so what i've well, pre-shoulder injury, I was doing uh, three or four gym sessions a week uh, and about three or four um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu sessions. Um, and I split my gym work into uh, a push session, um, a pull session, and a lower body session. So push would be like big compound lifts. So your bench press, your military press, those sort of things. But also throwing in some unilateral stuff, so like single arm uh, dumbbell press, um, that sort of thing. And then the same with the pull, so like uh, weighted chin-ups, um, bent over rows, lots and lots of rows, but also single arm and um, bilateral as well. 
Uh, and then legs, similar. Squats, get your big compound lifts in. Unilateral lunges, and then mix it up with the rep ranges. So I do some between like 10 and 12, and then a lot of explosive heavy stuff. And, and that tempo as well. So, you know, it's a lot of um, slow time under tension stuff, but then variation. Basically, your body responds really, really well to variation. Not that you're changing every session, but like every few weeks, you're adding a few different variation of the same sort of exercise, maybe different angle and things. Um, I could talk for hours for this, but I think it's really important that you're um, being consistent and persistent again. Like, um, yeah, so that is important. Definitely, definitely like, I can't recommend compound lifts again and weight training. And then in the gym as well, I always do 10 minute run before I um, do my weightlifting. Uh, and I always aim for like 3K and that just sort of gets your cardio in. I mean, I cycle to work as well, but get your cardio in, get that done. Um, your body responds to that really, really well. But as I say, manage your energy levels. Um, don't burn out because otherwise, you know, you're just not going to benefit at all from, from the training. Um, so yeah, I think that's what I have to say for that. Uh, best book you've read this year? Okay, so I've read, well, I say read, I've listened to loads. Uh, when I was, you know, spent much of the year in a sling, I uh, had a lot of time to listen to books. Um, I read um, the uh, Cradle World series uh, by Will Wright. This is a, a great, like, fantasy uh, series, like very much boy becoming man, um, sort of, you know, progression but uh, it's basically ninjas but meets wizards incredible and um recommended by one of my best mates but for me i think what i crave in books is a lot of like self-help and self-exploration kind of thing so um i really enjoy the road less traveled um recommended to me to buy one of my friends on instagram um i learned so much about that a lot about self-love and self-discipline how they're linked and how uh, you you know how you treat other people and the stuff that affects you, but also um, Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, highly recommend. Very funny as well, but it's great like sort of mindfulness in a very comedic, very modern way. And um, I found um, the New Science of Psychedelics: How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan fascinating. Definitely read that. That's just like wanted to get some wealth of knowledge. So yeah. Uh, but I'd say The Road Less Travelled is probably the best of my book this year. Thoughts on the new Game Changers documentary on Netflix? So, yeah, uh, big hype of that in the sort of vegan plant-based uh, community. Um, it's all about, you know, basically athletes who are all vegan. And we have this sort of idea that protein is the most important thing and you can't succeed without um, pl- uh, without meat. Uh, and we kind of known about you know meat being kind of irrelevant to you know that like there's so much literature on it now but this is a great example of like extreme athletes we have like hench hench you know power lifters lifting stupid amounts of weight and ultra marathon runners who go on forever um i think some of like the bodybuilding type i'm like there's a bit more to just a vegan diet there if you get my meaning like uh, a bit more enhanced shall we say but I think overall, very, you know, well-documented, well-evidenced. Uh, I'd say I'm a fan. I think, um, yeah, I think, again, it's just another sort of sort of mist-busting thing, but I think there are some biases there. There's always going to be biases, but I think on, on the whole, I think it's, yeah, a good documentary. 
Do you think it's important to travel? 100%. 100%. I feel like I did a lot of growing um, when I traveled on my own. Um, I think also you, you live one life. Like There's so much to see on planet Earth. So many different cultures to meet. So many different people to meet. So many different foods to eat. So many amazing scenes to see. You definitely grow as a, as a person when you you see these things and it's really good to get different perspectives different clashes of culture and you definitely i think the whole point of this podcast was to sort of merge ideas and see from different other points of view and traveling does that like no other thing like i think that's incredible to do that and what place would you most like to visit next uh oh it's a tough one i've like a massive bucket list but me and my girlfriend have an absolute goal to go to Canada. Um, she's um, part Canadian, and uh, yeah, it would be. I mean, partly like we've had our own little like couple goal to go there together, and I can't wait to do that. Uh, but also Cambodia. I've been talking to one of my friends. He did a silent retreat in Cambodia, and that the whole sort of spiritual journey that I feel like I'm kind of on. I'd love to do a a, a silent retreat there because I think that'd be really cool. And then I've heard good things about Japan because of the snowboarding mainly. Like, I'm, you know, really want to get on some serious powder and they have the best powder there. Um, same with Canada, but also I like the whole sort of samurai culture in, in Japan. It sounds really cool, the whole bushido and things. So, um, yeah, definitely something, something interesting about that. But I'd say Canada, I think. So a couple of uh, related questions. So hardest part of training for fighting at World Championships being under 19, being under 19, was it physically stressful, mentally stressful? Was the diet and discipline mm. stressful? You focused on training technique, but how did you cope under pressure when you had A-levels and all that stuff? Mm. So, yeah, it was the first World Champs I ever did, um, and I didn't really know what to expect. I was actually 17 fighting in the under 19 Hong Kong kickboxing, and... It was bloody brutal. It was like like months and months of brutal cardio and starving yourself to get to um, the weight category and get to the peak performance. And I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and the standard was really high. And like we're going with the England squad who were like full of really experienced fighters. Like and me and my coach, Mark, were like brothers on a mission. We were like, we were going to go and we were going to medal and it was just that was all we cared about for like literally like six months um i remember doing like sprints in my lunch breaks and just being absolutely dead like absolutely running on nothing and yeah alongside a levels like that killed me like um but as i say it was the fact that me and me and my coach mark were just together we had this goal and i think we were bouncing off each other we like every session we'd see each other and make ourselves accountable um and you you want it you want it bad like you want to win and you want to like do as best you can um i actually found stresses like right um raising enough money really really difficult like i had to bake loads of cakes and stuff to sell them on lunch breaks to meet the funds to do that and try and get sponsorship and i think it's that was almost a bit like embarrassing really like i was like i want to do this thing is is my little dream worth your money <laughs> um 
but uh, I really, yeah, I found the training was, was intense um, and it was quite lonely, really, really lonely. I think that was the hardest part was the fact that I had this dream and I basically isolated myself from all my other sports like rugby and my friends. Um, uh, I was pretty, you know, pretty obsessed. But um, I think it was, yeah, camaraderie and sort of the dream that got me through it. <laughs> Um, and there's a related question that you, I think you've probably answered the first part, but how has participating in sport, particularly being a national representative, helped or hindered your mental health? And how does your participation in sport, how has that balance changed um, as you get older? Uh, so I'd say initially, uh, like sport, kickboxing sport and everything was just it's my my bread and butter my go-to it keeps me absolutely sane i love it like there is i like i think people like find it really strange when i'm like fighting is what i love like that competition is just unreal i feel for me it's something so primitive that i just i that's all i really like want to do is just get in there and, and and fight and things but um for me i think uh you know that's why I fell in love with it, and I love the discipline and the mastery of a craft. But I started getting really, really sour. Uh, my mental health started going really, really dark when um, when I always got part of the high performance squad, and I literally fell in love with all the people there, and they they taught me so much, and it took my performance to another level. But it then had this sort of expectation of maybe it was just me, but I felt like medals and um competing and the achievement was really really important like it became like this all this access to physios and nutrition and you know sponsorship and stuff was all about meddling and i didn't that's not why i started the sport that's not why i cared about fighting and it suddenly like there was this huge anxiety around having to win and if i didn't win then like i'm some kind of nobody uh, and I used to get really, really dark and angry when, when I failed and I didn't achieve those, didn't meet these expectations that I set on myself. Um, and that was really, really hard for a long time. Um, and I think definitely contributed to sort of my, my spiral and the, my attempt on my life. Um, uh, and that was really difficult to deal with, but I think now I'm a bit older, a bit mature. I've you know, I've grown so much since then. Like I've learned more about myself now and I'm a lot much more well rounded person and I, I've I've realized actually I'm a better athlete with balance, you know. Mm. It, like being mono all you know, all in on, on sport is actually really toxic in itself. Um so I feel that balance is actually really, really important and uh, i burn out less and as a result I'm more consistent and more persistent in my training uh and i get more enjoyment out of it i realize that actually you're a more successful fighter or sports person when you take it with a pinch of salt you have to learn from your failures and you have to learn to grow from that and trust the process you know that's like what sort of my mantra now is like you know you, d- you never lose you only learn and i think that's important i think and now I need to reevaluate my relationship with with sport and I'm having a bit of a sabbatical at the moment, especially with the whole shoulder and I'm sort of doing lots of physio, but I cannot wait to be getting back in there, 
ripping off heads, you know, competing again. Like it's going to be amazing, but I, I just need to get that balance right and make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons and not uh, being uh, toxic. Toxic. So a couple of crunch questions now. Oh, God. Um, uh, Lou roll, fold or scrunch? Who's got time to fold? Literally, like um, when I read this question, I remember thinking, if you're on the toilet folding your toilet paper, you need to find more priorities in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the sort of ultimate martial arts question: How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Oh, elephants are big, and strong. Like I'm okay. Set some some rules here, so. They have to want to kill each other, right? So the de- elephant's not going to be, like, going down, like, easy. And there's got to be some kind of perimeter, I think. Now, chicken's not very strong. An elephant could easily kill them. So I'm thinking, I think they would have to just smother the elephant on mass or, like, overheat it in a way that it just dies. So there have to be a lot of chickens. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go half a million, half a million, half a million, half a million chickens, just okay. absolutely swarming cool. this elephant. No, we'll, we'll we'll take that answer. Um, so why do you think podcasting has grown so much? Um, it's a it's a platform for uh, random people like myself to explore ideas, talk to like an excuse to talk to random people get new you know ideas and concepts but also it's accessible like you know we just got a couple of mics and we just go um but also it's not as regulated so you know you don't have to be a radio superstar it's i'd say it's easy but i don't think it is um uh you know it, it's, it's more accessible definitely so i think it's just a, a great a new media platform for people to um to jump in and you know explore i think a lot of people want to make money and there's no money (laughs) (laughs) um so why did you start brain dump okay so again i sort of did this like mental health uh like campaign called be mankind with part of the uni and my good friend um olivia huxtable and um uh so it was kind of like my sort of coming out story about my own um attempt on my life and like all the depression up until then and it got a huge response so many people came like messaging me like oh i'm really glad you did this and it was really uplifting and nice and people were like there should be more of this and i was like yeah i think it's great that we you know explore personal stories and things um but i also think different perspectives are really important i've learned lots of things from just having different opinions to people uh and then i was like well why don't i just do that myself like brain dump i get to talk to sports people and scientists and lots of mental health stories um and i did my shoulder i you know snapped all the ligaments and i had two surgeries so i had like nine months of basically sitting on my bum not doing a lot um when i was training like you know four hours a day and suddenly i had all this time that it was actually really good for me to pour my energy into a project learn a new skill something i'd literally never done i'm not very technically savvy but i'm learning it and it became a bit of a journey in itself um so yeah it was timing and sort of a desire to sort of explore an excuse to talk to people so um yeah basically that was that was the reason and who would you most like to interview in the future on brain dump 
that is such a difficult question i think i don't know i've got so many interesting people that i'd love to talk to i think there is there's a, a lot of cool scientists i would love to talk to like um, michael polland is one of them um um matt walker as well i read his book and um, why we sleep fascinating again really really good book love to talk to him about that um russell brand as well i feel like he's lived the most ridiculous life um and he's on this like mega spiritual journey and he's been a drug addict and you know like that sounds really really fascinating so talk to him but then i don't know does i wish i could bring people back from the dead as well there's quite a few people from from the past that i would love to interview um but i'd probably say um also the queen i think the queen would be really interesting like we have this such an idea of who the hell is she and what does she do and we have like yeah. i bet it's bloody miserable being the queen to be honest <laughs> but anyway i think probably russell brand just because he's russell brand or, or the queen if she's not uh, russell brand if the queen <laughs> okay yeah but i'll go i'll go <clears throat> russell brand for now okay well um you have now uh, answered all 24 questions oh, wow. in okay. just over 25 minutes. Oh, okay. And uh, I'd like to thank you very much, well, thank Connor, you, for that. I really um, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely uh, a very interesting set of answers. Thanks for <laughs> that, Connor. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, that does it for the uh, AMA episode. Let me know what you thought. Comment below, share, like, whatever you fancy. Uh, and definitely keep the uh, feedback coming back because I really appreciate it and definitely helps me sort of learn and understand and grow. But, uh, yeah, that does it for this episode. So uh, see you in the next one.